Ozzy, Ozzy, Ozzy! Oi, oi, oi! Hello and welcome back to another very special episode of Faking Injuries. Here at Faking Injuries, the mission is the same. It's our job to be the reverse Mayflower, bringing Americans to Europe to appreciate the finer sport in life, which is European football. I think we finally hit our stride in summer. We were depressed there for a few weeks, having withdrawals from week-in, week-out domestic football and European competition. But this really is one of our favorite times of the year. It's the busy days of the transfer season. Moves are being made. Rumors are being had. Hijackings not along the Somali coast are happening. And we couldn't be happier. So we're going to run through some storylines, but really focus on transfers, highlighting a few of our foot mob starlets along the way who have gotten moves. And also, you know, throwing in some hypotheticals and hot takes that we've cooked up. So let's get into it. How are you doing first, Charlie? I'm doing well. That was a fantastic intro, Noah. And you kept saying we don't have domestic football. Are you not watching the MLS these days? Because that is quite domestic. That is our domestic football. (laughs) But that goes in the domestic soccer category, which is quite subordinated to domestic football. Very different. Okay, fair enough. Um, Yeah, I'm excited to jump into it. I think we're going to start with storylines. And I feel like there's only one place to go. And that's Roy Hodgson, remaining at Crystal Palace for next season. He signed a one-year deal to stay. We discussed in a past episode bringing out an AI wheelchair for him. Maybe it's time they make that investment instead of, you know, spending any money on transfers first. Noah, you know that I hate this move, but you also know that I know that you love this old man. So what are your thoughts on him staying on one more year? You know, I really didn't think this day would come. I've been dubious... Each step of the way when it comes to Roy Hodgson, I thought I'd never see the day where he even comes back as a caretaker manager, but we saw him do that quite admirably, guiding them to a you know, comfortable mid-table finish. But even so, I had it at maybe 10% chance that they bring him back. You've got a lot of time in the summer, right? You're in the boardroom cooking up some things with the other men and women in the C-suite, getting lots of names on the whiteboard. But all roads lead back to Roy Hodgson. And it will be interesting to see, do they spend that $10 million to get Stephen Hawking's AI chair out of the Smithsonian? Or will they go and blow it on maybe some cover for Joel Ward? Who's to say what the better investment is? (laughs) Yeah, I think, you know, putting aside your bias um, for this man who's royalty in South London, just like Dave, don't we think a move for a manager like... I don't know, like an E. Raiola that went to Bournemouth, like something a little riskier, a little more forward thinking, could have been better for the club. I feel like they went on a limb with Patrick Vieira. Had a great first year. Yeah, a good first year, but Roy Hodgson is just inseparable. (laughs) Like, you can't fuck up naming someone not named Roy Hodgson as manager when you know he's going to guarantee you at least Premier League survival, which... At this point is probably like the rock bottom baseline for Crystal Palace. I think they're going to stick in their ways and they're not going to hire anyone not named Roy, which is why I believe Roy Keane will be their manager (laughs) for the 24 or 25 season. Yeah, that could be interesting. On a similar note, Patrick Vieira, who was sacked by Palace, who we just mentioned a few months ago, he's joined RC Strasbourg as they begin their first year as part of the Chelsea multi-club ownership group. 
kind of interesting. Maybe they can get a few young stars from Chelsea, like David Datrofafana. I know there's a lot of talent hidden in the depths of that squad, but I like this firm. I think he's going to rebuild his reputation there, and I can see him at a big job soon. I really could. I still believe in him. Yeah, I still believe in him as well. This seems like the perfect move for him going back to his home country. Strasbourg doesn't have a ton of expectations. Like they overperformed two years ago. And then last year they were in the thick of the relegation battle. So Vera, expect him to keep him up. But also Ligue 1, perfect place to perfect your tactics, work with the youth and bounce back up and probably get another Premier League job in the next three to five years. And we'll see if he doesn't have to right size back to a smaller league again. But this is kind of the fun of Patrick Vieira, too. Yeah, agreed. Um, All right, what do you want to move to next? You know, I didn't have as many things in the storyline department as you did, just a lot of transfers. But let me just read this tweet to you. This is via uh, Football Talk at Football Talk HQ. Corinthians Ultras, Corinthians, the club in Brazil, they invaded a motel where they found player Luan... In parentheses, who has been accused of low performance, and parentheses, they found him in an orgy. The ultras pressured him to terminate his contract and then proceeded to assault him. I should have done more follow-up here, <laughs> but this is quite the headline. I hope they're just talking about on-field performance here and they didn't come to check out his motel orgy performance because if he's performing poorly in that setting as well, Maybe he should terminate his contract. <laughs> yeah, this is really a headline I, I haven't seen before, but I can't say I'm surprised because I feel like we get one of these a month, you know, where you're like, what happened? Uh, Quincy Proms got arrested in a drug trafficking scandal, allegedly. First having his cousin. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it just, it's constant craziness in football. It's just a microcosm for life as a whole. So I, I side on it. <laughs> I'm on his side, whatever his name was. I Luan. already forgot. Luan, I'm on Luan's side. You know, maybe he was just trying to get up his stamina, get ready for next season. You know, if he can perform in the orgy, maybe he can perform better on the field. I believe in him. He's going to come back from this. <laughs> to the Corinthian supporters, too, if I had to find some bright side here, like obviously very smart, intelligent, crafty people, but maybe we channel these conniving behaviors into more socially beneficial activities just a suggestion whoever was the leader of this uh ultra fan group and did the private detective work to find out his hotel and all this that guy needs to pursue a career okay and it's (laughs) not in being an ultra and getting drunk at games (laughs) no who is the narc here you know did they have an inside female is it the motel manager i think we need a 60 minutes with jeremy schapp on this one (laughs) All right. I feel like that's all we have for storylines for today. Let's quickly move on so we can talk transfers for as long as possible. Noah, what do you want to talk about first? We're going to take it back to France. Uh, The club that you introduced to me, but it's become our darling there, our mini Brighton lawns. They signed uh, Stein Spearings on a free transfer from Toulouse. This dude played alongside Business is Boomin, Bronco, Van de Boomin um, in a doubly Dutch midfield. And they tore it up the last two years. Lons have earned some goodwill just from the business that they've done recently. And we're going to continue trusting their judgment with this signing. Should provide good cover in a position that has been left with the departure of Seiko. Has that been finalized? Uh, 
all but final, yeah. Okay, so... Going to Saudi Arabia, unfortunately, yeah. which really sucks because he's 28 and he's one of the best midfielders in Europe. But for Lons and the like way three times above market prices that Saudi Arabia is offering, like this is a no-brainer for Lons. It is. It just hurts. I, it hurts me, not as a true fan, but I hurt for the fans because he just did the contract signing in front of the whole full stadium a year ago. As their captain, like I'm here to stay for the next five years, so it's a little heartbreaking. But well, I in get that it. contract, there was a clause that said, "Unless Saudi Arabia <laughs> comes for 80 billion barrels of oil, That's then fair. I can leave." But yeah, Spearing should be a great signing. But back to that midfield that we've now seen depart to loose. Van de Boomen, he just moved to Ajax, replacing Florian Grilich, who only lasted a year in Amsterdam. It's going to be fascinating to see how Toulouse themselves replace these two stalwarts, but we trust Redbird almost as much as we trust Lons. And again, word is you're a very small minority equity owner at Redbird. So things being cooked up in the boardroom? They might be. They might be. Yeah, Toulouse, very impressive season. But um, yeah, we're here to talk about Lons. What am I What am I even going down that rabbit hole for? Lons... You just look at their squad top to bottom, and I love the Brighton comparison because they don't miss. Just like Brighton don't miss on transfers, I can't remember the last time Lons missed on a transfer. And they brought in two guys, right? They're losing their star, Seiko Fafana, and they decided, let's bring in Spearings, and let's also bring in Andy Dioff. So Spearings was a free Dioff from Basel in Switzerland. Yep. He was around like 15 million euros, so a little bit more of a spend, but... I like it. He's 20 years old. He's French. He's left-footed. He's played in the U21 squad. He's got a good build too, right? 6'1", six 6'2"-ish? Six yeah, six feet. And I don't know a ton about him. I can't say I've watched him a lot, but his stats seem to pop in the Swiss League. And, you know, we're not... We love the Swiss League, but we're not avid viewers no, of it. but it's a tried-and-true path of playing at one of... Uh, BSC Young Boys, FC Basel, yeah. Zurich, and yeah. up years. So just getting full 90s in and playing for these squads, getting game time in. You know, Granite Jaka of the past as well. I mean, Nanto more Jabril recently. Jabril So at Frankfurt. Yep. This is the type of player that they could get. And uh, Lons will give him every opportunity to become a star. And maybe he can move to Saudi Arabia for <sighs> 120 mil. Yeah, I always love to see a 20-year-old French midfielder coming to Lons. So... I think they've done great business so far, and I'm excited to see what else they're going to do because, like we said, they don't miss. And if you see them signing a guy from a team you don't even know, they're probably picking up on something that we don't know. Yeah. All right, Charlie, let's keep this transfer parade moving. I'll throw it to you. Spotlight another transfer for me. Maybe dip into the, the foot mob starlet list if you've got that as well. Yeah, so we've done, I think, probably a handful of foot mob scouting episodes so far where we pick out young players from across Europe that we really love at smaller clubs that people hopefully don't know as much about, but we think are going to be superstars. And a few of those guys have gotten moves recently. First and foremost, Nigel Longwike, your favorite, also known as Baby Van Dyke, is going on another loan spell, but this time it's to Grasshopper. Ooh. in the Swiss League. And if we know anything about the Swiss League is that it's perfect for developing guys in the 18 to 22 range where they're going to get a lot of playing time. It's a small league, same team, same setup. I think this is going to get the most out of him. 
And I also noticed that Wolves is sending a lot of young studs from their youth setup over to Grasshopper. I don't know if they have the same owner or if there's a little collusion going on, but if it is collusion, that would be business as usual for the Swiss. It would be. I'll break it to you. They do own Grasshopper. It's part of the portfolio. But yeah, I think it's going to be great for them. Had a terrific spell with Plymouth Argyle in League One last year, the third division of England. Got promoted. Yep, an ever-present there. I was almost hoping he might do a little bit better, like maybe go to Portugal or a bit higher of a league, but I don't think you can complain. I almost feel like this might be better because if he goes to a championship club that's like mid-level or higher, I think he's not getting a lot of playing time. Like those guys often, unless they're getting like a stud from like Chelsea, Man U, City Academy, usually with their lone guys, they're not playing them a ton. They're like bench rotation guys more often than not. Yeah, and I'm going to call my shot here because who's paying attention to this even more than us and who probably knew he was going to Grasshopper before Wolves did, Brighton Hierarchy. This feels like a guy who, if he pops off this year and it didn't happen in the championship where he very well could have done the same, he would come around next summer at 21 years old and just the physical profile, if he shows like a ball playing center back traits and can use a head like you might imagine a six foot five center back could. Dutch. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Baby Van Dyke. Let's just keep tabs on this one to see if Tony Bloom and the Brighton hierarchy. Yeah, and you'd imagine the price would be lower coming from a spell where he impresses in the Swiss League versus if he impresses at a mid-table championship mm-hmm. club. That price goes way up. Yep. So it could be interesting. We'll see what happens with him. I got one more foot mob guy to throw at you. One I think I really raved about, and that's Skelly Alvaro of Socha in the second division in France, Ligue 2. He was bought by Leon for a small fee of four mil. If you don't know this guy or haven't seen his highlight reel on Twitter, he is a massive six foot eight defending midfielder. Super unique playing style, can break up play with his long ass legs. Just a real destroyer type of midfielder who can surprisingly dribble pretty well too. 83% success rate last year. This is like when a player in the NBA is above seven foot, they're usually uncoordinated. But they can dribble and shoot. Imagine Victor Webanyama, the number one pick, but in the midfield of a soccer pitch. Yeah, and that's what his relative height is. He's basically taller than Webanyama out there compared to everyone else. Absolutely. I am happy because this gives us another reason to use the $12 a month that I'm paying for Sling TV <laughs> on behalf of both of us. Because <laughs> even though they're playing in that Friday 2.30 slot sometimes when we're working from home... I still only had like a 33% tune-in rate. I'm expecting that number to go up. And Skelly has that star potential, right? Six foot eight. If he can do anything mirroring like a commanding defensive midfielder and display that, he's coming to England soon, boys. Yeah. Drink that tea. Yep. And he loves a good Jorginho pass, which is my favorite because it's hilarious seeing a six foot eight guy just (laughs) do the quick passes back to the center backs that are totally useless. I love it. I think Leon is just an example of a really well-run, obviously very established, but well-run youth-focused squad. And we will hopefully use more of that BN subscription than we do the MLS pass that I'm currently paying for. <laughs> yeah, and that one might have been a deeper outlay, but anything uh, to go into Messi's pockets and bring that bad boy to the MLS. Let me take it next, and I'll keep it in the foot mob scouting vein. A uh, very deep cut here. 
because Musa Garbanli, he's playing in Azerbaijan. Yeah, he was the top scorer out of an unknown amount of games. Which, that myth is now being dispelled for me because we were unable to find the number of games on FootMob, but sadly, Transfer Market does have it, so we finally have the hard numbers in front of us. But even so, great output playing for the top team there. Karabag, 21 goals, 7 assists, in 32 appearances last season. Not bad. We were initially scouting him on the axis of hunting a Kavicha region. We looked at the map and saw Azerbaijan close to Georgia. And for 500K, he's moving to Sweden. So not a super high step up, but Djurgården, they're playing in the first division there in Sweden. I believe they were in the European Conference League last year. Yep. I think they're around there as well. So maybe we'll see him on the fringe of European competition. Already a nailed on starter for Azerbaijan in their international setup, but 500k, not a huge outlay, and we're going to look for the goal machine from Azerbaijan to keep moving. Yeah, feels like a great move, especially since he was playing in, I think they were the Conference League, Karabag? Yep. Yeah, so he was getting minutes in Europe and scoring goals as well, so... I think anytime, no matter what the league is, you see a teenager being the top scorer in that league on the top team, it's usually a sign, hey, this guy might be worth 500k gamble. Precisely. So I'll start you there and let me transition to another personal favorite, Hugo Vitlesen, moved from Bodo Glimt, where he's been just compiling goals and assists there for two years. It feels like 18 months too long he's been in Norway, but finally gets a solid move. Eight and a half million dollars equivalent. And Bruges, this is kind of their wheelhouse. Young players in Belgium or promising players from Scandinavia. He'll get in the setup, play alongside Casper Nielsen, who came from USG and played a lot last year. I'm excited to see him slot into the Bruges squad that we're accustomed to seeing in Champions League and dominating near the top of the Belgian league. And I hope he keeps his upward progression moving as well. Had a move to Union Berlin, I think, in January, fall through. Yeah. But seems like he could continue this upward trajectory as well. I think it's the perfect spot for him. And I think Bruges has like a really interesting mix of experienced guys they bring in. Like a Casper Nielsen, he's like 27 or something like that. Yep. But also these like young academy guys. So they almost sign older a lot of the time. And then they have all these young studs just flowing through Belgium. So, I don't know. I think they have an interesting setup. It's it's a good team. Yeah, like your worst case, not worst case, but a 25th percentile outcome is that he's a a very solid starter for you. You're catering to youth throughout the squad, but you still need, you can't feel the squad of all 19-year-olds, right? So, if he is just a good midfielder and he plays there for four or five years until he's 28, 29... That's not a bad outcome as well. 100%. I love it. Let's keep the transfer train moving. Who's next from your side? So I have one from my team, Leighton Orient, as you will remember. We we had a tough summer so far. We lost uh, we lost Vigoro, our Chilean goalkeeper, to Burnley, who like set records in League 2 for clean sheets, save percentage. Like He was a stud. I think he's on the Chilean national team now. Deserve to be at a higher level than League 2. That's very humble of you. He's jumping from League 2 all the way to Prem, which is awesome for him. Really happy for him. He left on a free, unfortunately. (laughs) (laughs) 
So Leighton isn't seeing any of that money. But there was one team called Ipswich Town, which was very nice to us. The best player outside of Vigoro last year was a guy named Idris Ilmazuni. We talked about him one episode. He's this Moroccan CDM, CM, kind of a 6'8", very fluid, dynamic player. And he was unbelievable, contributing with goals and assists while also helping out significantly on defense. And Ipswich decided to do Leighton a solid and say, hey, you guys can have him on loan another season. Which was a blessing. Thank you, Ipswich. So kind. It's the only signing Leighton have made so far this year. So hopefully one of a few. But that is big for the team. The best outfield player coming back to play again. Because losing Vigoro hurts. And we're just hoping the boys can stay in League One. Hey, best of luck. This is a huge campaign for you and the boys. You haven't even flirted with a relegation during your past chapter as a Chelsea supporter. So... That is a real possibility, though, you know, some teams have gone from success in League Two, back-to-back promotion, so that's also in play. Yep. Still got the stud of a manager, so that's good. No one has poached him yet. Let me take it next to the Premier League. Bournemouth, Bill Foley, it's got his first full summer at the helm, presumably his Americans of McKinsey and Bain Capital running the show. Justin Kluivert, he moves to Bournemouth, just under 10 million USD from Roma, played 29 matches on loan for Valencia last year, 15 starts, six goals and a few assists, not super crazy output by any stretch of the imagination, but really got some pedigree underlying, was a star at Ajax before getting his move abroad, and Son of a handsome, famous Dutch footballer, Patrick Kluivert, who is at Barcelona. This is absolute footballing pedigree. And with that outlay of just under $10 million, I think he's going to slot in probably on a wing opposite of Dango Uatara. Yeah. And look for this Bournemouth squad the rest of the summer just to slowly and shrewdly see an uptick in the quality that they're bringing in. And I think this squad is going to be fun to watch next year. I'll be honest, ever since Bill Foley got appointed, who we called poor at the time, we might be regretting that a little bit now, they have been like so shrewd and smart since then. I think I said in our January episode, I thought they had the best transfer window of anyone, and that kept the squad up. I think parting with Gary and signing a really innovative manager like Iraola was smart from Rio Vallecano high pressing very much so a tactician so hopefully he can figure out a way to beat down some of the tough teams in the Premier League and I look more and more at their squad and what they've done the last year or so and I like it especially the attack like Uatara, Clivert, you still got Philip Billing in the squad I think they're gonna surprise a lot of people and I could really see them having a solid mid-table finish yeah I think 12th 13th Totally in the cards for me. And I think I'm going to feel even more that way after the rest of their signings this summer because I'm sure they're going to bring in a couple other names. Much better shape than probably some of their other counterparts uh, near the bottom of the Premier League, mainly Everton. (laughs) (laughs) I'll give the talking stick back to you, Charlie. Do you have a transfer to discuss? Um, Any gripes, complaints you'd like to lodge? We'll use this as your kind of quarterly review as well, if needed. Okay. Uh, I think I'm done on transfers. Those are the ones that really stuck out to me. You know, we try not to go too high profile with these um, more on our level, right? I did have a question for you. Um, Noah 
Kai Havertz was the most expensive transfer for a German player ever. Do you know who the second most expensive German player ever was? Was it Timo Werner? No, it was also Kai Havertz. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Just what a stat from him at, at the tender age of uh, 24. What was his transfer to Arsenal? How much? Uh, 65. And it was Damn. like 75 to Chelsea. So actually, so I, it was they made a profit under- on him probably with amortization. Yeah, yeah. They they made a book profit. Still kind of sad thinking of his Chelsea days. Like really even sad. though scoring the Champions League final goal, like if he didn't do that, it would be severely underwhelming. It but was pretty poor. A real mixed bag slanting towards shitty bag of Akerlof's lemons. That's yep. a good cut. <laughs> yep. And uh this won't hurt me because I'm not a Chelsea fan anymore, but it is gonna be crazy how much better he's gonna get under our oh yeah <laughs> like almost instantly style. Yeah, yeah it's gonna be great to watch playing as an attacking eight like it's gonna be sexy so i'm kind of excited to see him in a new team because i think he's incredibly talented that's about all i had <laughs> all right i've got a quick stupid one for you this is just having to do with how i track transfer market filtering on latest transfers and seeing what's there uh i saw a few transfers involving the same player in quick succession, and I just wanted to double-click a little bit more. So Leandro Morgala, young 18-year-old center back, moves from the third division in Germany, 1860 Munich, to RB Salzburg for 2.5 million euros. Big move, slotting in to Salzburg, right? He's going to play for the best team in Austria. Well, the next transfer on my list is him being loaned out from Salzburg to Leifering, what is essentially their feeder club in the second division in Austria. It's their academy, Yeah, it's their academy, basically. But it makes me think how ruthless the business is. If I'm reading this literally, did Salzburg ever let him walk through their front first team door before sending him on loan to the B team? Like, does he even get a press conference imagining what it's like to be an RB Salzburg player or is he just being brought in the back door right away and like that's how he first came to know that he's going to be spending a year at the B team I think it's all one club you know and I think this is probably standard for I bet they sign 18 year olds all the time and just immediately loan them back to Liefering for a year I think he probably had a promise of like hey you're going to do this for a year and then you're going to be back in the Salzburg squad we're going to give you some good minutes but that's big money for 1860 Munich, you know, two and a half mil. That's probably not something they see too often. So yeah. Good for them. But I just like to think there's maybe one team lunch session he gets with the rest of the first teamers before the manager pulls him over for an uncomfortable conversation <laughs> and pointing towards the uh, B team lunchroom. But who knows? Best of luck to Leandro Morgala. Maybe he's going to be a, a baby Mats Hummels. Very unathletic. <laughs> I think that's all we have for transfers. You mentioned you had a few takes you wanted to get off. I'll leave time for that now. I've got one storyline slash take, but I'll let you go first. Yeah, I just have one I really want to get off my chest. I saw Jaka move to Bayer Leverkusen for 25 million euros. I just think this is maybe one of the worst transfers of the summer. Such an overpay for a guy 30, about to turn 31, starting his decline Obviously, had an amazing season last year. But I think we can say a lot of that was system because we saw him (laughs) playing for the last five years in the Prem. And it wasn't always pretty. When they have midfielders like Palacios, who's like 24 and like very, very good, 
I just don't get it. Especially if they're going to sell a guy like Palacios for 35, 40 mil. You're only going to net 10 mil and you're going to replace mm-hmm. a stud Argentinian 24-year-old with Grant Jaka. It just doesn't sit right with me. And it upsets me because Leverkusen usually do incredible business. Like almost always. I just thought they would have spent 25 mil in a smart way because we've seen them spend half of that on Frimpong from Celtic, who turned out to be a huge hit, who's going to get sold for upwards of 50 mil. This one is warping my brain a little bit as well because on one hand, they saw an uptick in form under Javi Alonso, the Spanish midfielder who played a lot at Munich, just like a legend defensive midfielder, and really rescued what was a horrible start to the season. And it seems like they're trying to go with like a culture guy here, an anchor in the middle of the field. But then when you realize who Granit Xhaka is, barring last season, take that out. He's just a red card machine. Yeah. Um, impetuous. Was a previous locker room issue guy, like a Kyrie type of guy at Arsenal. Yeah, was the captain of Arsenal and had his captaincy removed because he like cursed out all the fans and was just giving them the bird. So if he reverts to former Xhaka, this is signed, sealed, delivered, a horrible transfer. But there is a weird world where he is older veteran mainstay in the midfield and this somehow works out. I, I just put that at maybe 15% likelihood. I guess it just doesn't make sense because they have like Demerby, who's like 30, who is that veteran in the midfield. Like it just doesn't make any sense to me. And we're saying ignore last season. Like, you can't just ignore 90% of his life acting as a total shithead. And then he has one really good season where he's a good boy. And you're like, oh, that's who he is now. Like, no. <laughs> you got to look at the historical performance. Yeah. Okay? If that was true, my dad would still be married. <laughs> Last storyline for me. Take Ish as well. Curious to get your opinion. The manager of Jamaica. So I, I watched the U.S. versus Jamaica match in the Gold Cup. Sure. He is that former dentist manager of Iceland. You remember when they made their runs in like Euro 2016? Yeah. Uh, I think took him to the World Cup in 2018. He was this heralded hero, right? Because he was the national team manager of Iceland while still maintaining his practice in the outskirts of Reykjavik. You know, probably some of the pearliest whites on this earth. He didn't want to retire the fairy tale guru Disney Frozen character, apparently, because he went to Qatar straight away after that kick, where he was responsible for managing the first team and presumably the owner, Prince's Tiger. Uh, he, he probably manned the dentistry for it. Yeah. Just not very Scandinavian morality from the manager here. No. No, I, I think I've realized this summer, no matter what the culture is and the morality you think they have, it gets thrown out the door when you see some oil money. <laughs> That's what I've learned from this summer, which so, is why we want to say to the Saudis, we will be your mouthpiece to America, yeah. uh, private jet, all we require, um, you know, average salary, call it five mil each a year. It doesn't even need to be like a 2023 Lear. You know, we would do a 2019. Yeah. And look, you can also like, if we get into trouble, you can bone saw off my co-host Noah's hand. Like, <laughs> I don't have a problem with you that. You have permission. <laughs> if we need a key sewed into an orifice of our body, 
I give the Saudi medical team full reign. Yep. I put all my trust in them. Yeah. Thank you for all you do, Saudi Arabia. They can do whatever they want. And I think that's probably a note to call today. <laughs> As always, please follow us on Twitter at Faking Injuries and soon on Threads by Facebook. Oh, yeah. Hopefully at Faking Injuries. I haven't checked if they have it or not yet. Don't take it if you hear this. Um, and please give us a rating on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to your podcast app. And thank you, No. Yeah. This is great. Thank you. And keep us posted with other low-profile transfers that would scratch that itch that we have to be these burgeoning scouts. We're always on the prowl. Looking forward to continuing that trend this summer and gearing up for the next domestic season that's right around the corner. Big year for some of these squads we talked about, but most importantly, faking injuries came and incorporated. Huge year for I us. feel a merger. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. Love Bye. you guys. Bye.